That was Winterborn with their track Revolutionary Man. It's off their debut album Echo of Youth. And Eamon and I joined in the studio now by the boys, Jordan and James, or J and J, as you like to sign off yeah. on all of your posts and emails. Uh, welcome. Thanks for coming in. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you for having us. Now, absolute thrill for us personally because you featured in our first ever edition of Homebrew way back in November 2018 so it's been a long time coming we've waited for new music for so long yeah we've been closely following it's yeah. oh, very exciting yeah, to so be here now I'm sure it's more exciting for you guys having released the album but yeah yeah, yeah it's been it's been a long time and it um it's you totally forget what, how long everything's taking when you're in it because um, you're so looking forward all the time and then um, when it finally happens you're just kind of left wondering what the hell to do and hoping everyone really likes it <laughs> Yeah, so what does it feel like now? A big weight off the shoulders or do you just kind of move on to the next project or right now is it just kind of relaxing? It's kind of weird because we've had the album for so long for ourselves because we finished it like over a year ago um, and since then it's just been leaking, not leaking, but putting out singles and, and videos and acoustic versions and all the content that kind of goes with coming out with an album. So we've kind of felt like it's been a reality for quite a long time and then finally there's this thing that we can we can put out and we're like okay cool now we're now we're now that's done but um but it's definitely not done because it, it, we're hoping this album lasts us you know a few years before we have to release another one so <laughs> it's kind of weird because we're now we have to live with it again all over again for the next few years while everybody else listens to it at the same time they're so. just discovering it yeah so how long has it been all up from probably day one writing or even just the concept of we're going to do an album to you know when it was released um uh, well, it's been nearly two years uh since since it was done like uh, sorry since we recorded it so um that's already that's already a long time and even before that some of the songs were written uh, i think the oldest one is 2015 um, and we've been planning the album since the second EP, so that's been, what was that, 2016, so it's mm. been three years. Um, and we just we, we just went through Jordan's emails the other day and um, found a bunch of um, the demos that I'd sent him for this album, which were three years ago now. And so it's really interesting going back and re- reading what we said to each other about what these songs are going to be like and what, what are we ready to do an album and um, all these things. Um, and now a lot of the songs we were talking about are on the record and with the things we said were right um, and, and so many of them aren't on the record yeah. we wrote like songs that we were obsessed with and songs that we were thinking might be the t- like title of the album that are now just gone like we haven't <laughs> listened to them in two years because we've written new ones and so mm. that's, like, that's a good thing about having such a huge amount of time between um, starting sort of the writing process and finishing it is that we get to kind of cover three years worth of writing which mm. in our case I think worked out pretty well and it was it feels like we we're never going to do it in a shorter amount of time because it's such a big deal to us it feels like it had to have taken that long for it to be kind of, of an actual summary of what we are as a band and, and something we can be like this is Winterbourne we, it was going to have to take that long always so uh, it was for you guys just a, a matter of finding all the pieces to make the whole with an album it wasn't just you know like you left it long knowing that you know this album was ready to go two years ago but you had to wait until you felt you were ready as a band yeah we we kind of we we thought we were ready to make an album when we made the last ep we kind of will because we've been itching to make an album forever so um we'd made the first ep and we were like okay cool now we can move on to the album um, and we're really glad we didn't do that now because I think we've improved a lot since then and we definitely didn't have 
all the songs that we could put onto an album at that point. Um, for this record, we had like 40 songs that we um, culled down to 12. So it was kind of we needed that amount of time to really write some songs before we could do that. Um, and I think where we're at now, like as a band, in terms of like the touring we're doing and everything else we're doing around all the releasing stuff suits having an album better than it did a couple of years ago. Um, I think we've like got to a point in ourselves that we can really push an album now instead of just throwing it out and hoping that it catches on sort of thing. So yeah, it's kind of, it's worked really well, the, the weight, I think. You've kind of hinted at it, but what does this album represent to you both as Winterbourne? Yeah, well, that's something that's really... It's hard to get across to people how much um, it's a big deal for us because when we first became friends, we used to write out track lists of songs in the form of an album before we actually had songs, like, just based on the name themselves. And we were obsessed with this thing of making an album and that being this body of work that you can give to people and say, this, in some way, sums up what I am as a person. And so we always wanted to be able to do that, but then, like Jordan was saying, we've never really ended up with enough with enough songs that say what we want them to say um, and and also be able to make sense as a as a collective um, and so without even realising a lot of the songs kind of talk about um, already the experiences we've had as a band in the last five or six years because it's been really eye-opening and um, you constantly um, ask to say your opinion and stuff because you've because you're singing songs and um without us realizing a lot of a lot of subconscious things that we feel are in the in the album about almost about making an album and so <laughs> that's been so much of our life now that it's it's kind of intertwined in there as, along with every uh, you know all the other stuff that we that we um see in the world um and that's kind of what it means to us i think now it's really hard to say but i think it is just it's kind of the world through our eyes for 12 songs and in, in the hope that that's um, eye-opening and but also catchy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say as well, the sound of the album, I feel like, is something that we wanted to sum us up as a band as well because we're constantly being asked to describe our sound and it's a horrible question. I hope you're not going to ask that question. <laughs> um, I'll just delete that. Yeah. <laughs> um, because we want to just be able to say this, this is what we sound like and hand it over and go, just listen to it and like you'll either like it or you won't, but that's pretty much what we want our music to be. So, yeah. How long did you toil over the name of the albums or Echo of Youth? Was that you just went through the track list and go, that? Or did you want something, I guess, more to summarise the entire album and the meaning behind it for you? Um, that was kind of late, the the naming of the album, and we were kind of reluctant to do it. We know it's a good title, and it was a good title for that song, um, but we kind of resisted doing an album title track type thing because we like when album titles are hidden inside lyrics and you kind of you hear the song and you go oh yeah so our other two we had all but the sun and pendulum our two eps and neither of those are songs and you kind of got to find them um whereas so we wanted to do the same thing with echo of youth but then it just kept getting more and more relevant to the album and echo of youth was kind of our favorite song that we recorded and it was the first one that we listened to that we felt like it was finished and we could go yeah cool this is kind of this is the bar for the whole album now and this is what this is what the album is um and it just became that thing so we would listen to echo of youth and go that sums up the album really well and i think subconsciously we we don't really like saying it because it sounds kind of lame but the that echo of youth thing sums up the idea that this has been the thing that we've been trying to make for the last decade sort of thing this is like kind of 
the coming together of everything we've done as friends <laughs> since we met and trying to make an album so the echo of youth kind of fits that as well um but it was all pretty unintentional it was kind of just like that's what the album needs to be called now which is nice and, and if we could go back that decade that you talk about since you guys became friends and decided to make music what is the story of Winterbourne? i mean you guys began here on the central coast still live here but how did it all come about um well we were in year eight at St. Eddie's in East Gosford. <laughs> shout out. Um, and yeah, we just met. We met through a friend of ours, Adrian. Another shout out. Um, Doing shout outs. Yeah. <laughs> you can't see the shout outs. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and James was just the other guitarist that he knew, the other guy that played guitar. And so I didn't like him. I didn't like the idea of him because um, competition. Yeah, and I and it turned out he was a better guitarist than I was, and so that kind of made, pissed me off as well. Um, but then we kind of started to become friends because we were pretty similar people, and then we started playing guitar together, and then. Um, and then so throughout high school we were, we were friends and both passionate about the same things and particularly about music and we liked the same music and um, it became pretty obvious that we were going to do something with it well hopefully after after we finished school um, and then we finished school and we, we went um, to Macquarie Uni together and did half a year there and we just kind of hated it and at the same time we were doing busking um, in Sydney so it was kind of became we either busk and make some money or we go to uni and it was very difficult to go to uni from then on so no shockers for Macquarie Uni that's upsetting oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's close to FM I don't know how big the yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and you, you did bail from there so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough. yeah I'm not saying nice things about it am I um, so yeah so then we, we we started sort of concentrating on the music full time instead of doing any uni and um and that's when we recorded our first ep and the whole thing sort of went from there i don't know how much of a story do you want i can get into details just uh, that timeline it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's just like interesting hearing your beginnings especially i suppose will resonate with people that are from here knowing you guys just met us and eddies and all of a sudden you're here now because i mean if you follow music on the central coast or in australia you guys have been pretty hard to ignore for the last little bit so you know it's a, it's a a pride badge for us, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that'd really be cool. great. That'd be mm. hence the hence the shout out, <laughs> <laughs> the shaka shout out. Yeah. <laughs> now, Echo of Youth, you've also decided to release it on vinyl. Uh, what was the decision behind that? Do you have a physical? Do you like the physical connection to things, or do you think it was just something a bit cool and unique that most people aren't doing? Or um, we, we've always wanted to do a vinyl, and we've really um, been sad about the decline of having physical a physical thing to listen to music because when we were I hate saying when we were growing up because we're still <laughs> we're not old but um, when we used to start like when we went to our first ever festival we would we made like a mixtape a CD and ev- and we did one each and, we, and so everything we listened to we wanted to listen to on the way up that was how you listened to it and then that's what you associate it with and like if you loved an artist you went when their record came out and you bought the record and then you look through the notes and there was some other connection going on as well as actually hearing the sounds and that's just kind of just slowly um, been pushed to the back a little bit. And we've um, always loved vinyl and the, the process of getting an old vinyl out and putting it on a record player and the crackles and everything. And it just feels like there's just this another dimension to it rather than just the songs. But also, um, we're not like um, we're not music nerds. Yeah. I mean, like we don't we're not obsessed with vinyl and we we hate the way 
the new music culture it's like mm. there's just something missing where when you get your phone out and listen to a song you you have the music but there's just something about holding something and it being in your life in, in reality mm. that we've feel like we we've always had a bit of that in us so it just makes sense that um the the music would be able to be listened to that way i, I think don't know it's how the album have record players yeah i think it's the album thing as well cuz like a vinyl is like an album is is the length that it is because that's what fit onto a vinyl mm. so and we're, we're, we love that idea of listening to an album like whenever we listen to music it's usually an album start to finish it's very rarely like going through picking songs out and putting them in playlists and stuff we still do that we're not again mm. <laughs> we're not nerds but um, <laughs> we uh, yeah so that that idea of a physical thing where you have to put it on and listen to it from start to finish that's what we like to do so vinyl do you think that that's perhaps somewhat influenced your music as well, that physical connection? Because obviously you're playing guitar, it's very real and authentic. It's not, you know, digitally put in and superimposed on a computer. Do you think that's perhaps somehow influenced your music as well, your love of the physical connection, or are they connected at all, or just...? Probably. Uh, prob- yeah, probably everything we do is somehow connected to how, like our lives. Um, and, yeah, like you say, we play acoustic guitars and, and we don't really... Um, program much we don't use track in our live shows and that's not because those things are bad it's just never it's, never, it's not, not really what we listen to and so therefore it's not what we try to make I guess but um, yeah I don't, I don't know how much that um, influenced it I guess it just makes sense like I listen to the record on vinyl now and I'm like that makes sense that feels nice mm. like you listen to side A and then you turn it over listen to side B and that's how always how we imagined the album the whole time we were making it was in two sides as like two separate um chapters and there's other chapters within that because mm. we're you know what maybe we are interesting like in terms of the vinyl like i've always felt that there's a kind of music that is should be on vinyl and music that shouldn't be mm. on vinyl your music definitely is something that should be on vinyl whereas like uh you can walk into jb hi-fi and for example and find the soundtrack to frozen on vinyl yeah, yeah. it's like that physical connection that kind of beautiful music is mm. where it belongs so it's good that you guys have done that, but maybe not Frozen. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you listen to it on vinyl, it's, it's it amazing. Ma- yeah, yeah, maybe it captures you. I don't it know. freaks I, me I out as well, though, that thing. Like, you get those, like, really pristine-sounding, like, soundtracks, exactly. Because I kind of picture when you, even though we've done it now and put something on vinyl, we, I still picture that the band has, like, played it into, into the, the vinyl <laughs> yeah. and made grooves like somehow by yeah. magic and, and then that's into a thing mm. whereas when it's something like that I go it doesn't really make any sense but yeah. of course it does it's music <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. um, and in terms of you two as a band you are of course just a two piece and you command such a massive sonic presence um, whether it's listening to you live listening to you live or just listening to you through headphones how have you managed to do that being just two of you I know you do tour with a band sometimes but how, how do you manage to generate such a kind of commanding sound with just two we play a lot of things <laughs> yeah. I don't know I think um, we always say that it's somehow connected to the fact that we busked and we had to get people's attention that way so the more noise and the more of a um, presence you could be then the more money you made so it's like a direct reward for doing that so I guess that's in us but also that's just what we've always loved about li- live bands and any performance anything that's engaging and you're like in it and you don't think of anything else for the next 50 minutes that's what like I don't know why I said 50 minutes <laughs> specifically a 50 minute Album show length, oh, yeah. Yeah. yes <laughs> true thank you um, but I guess again it's just what we would like to see in a show is it be engaging like we go to shows and 
a lot of people like it when it's all a bit all over the place and like you're in and out and it's all and we we try to incorporate a bit of that but um when when we play as a duo like jordan plays drums with his feet and we play two guitars and we play them loud and we use a lot of dynamics and we play soft and then loud and, and that's stuff we've learned from like listening to acdc when we were growing up um there's not many instruments in their band but it's, they, they sound nuts um so i think it's a lot about how you play and like you say, we have three friends who come on tour with us, and that really helps. <laughs> a lot yeah. less stress on us when, <laughs> yeah, when we have those guys. We are obsessed with not sounding small, though. I, I think it's part of being a duo, and we don't want to be a folk duo that's like nice and quiet. It's kind of I've always just whenever there's something not going on, I get a little bit stressed out and want to fill it with some mm. noise, which is really annoying when you play with a full band because you have to change that mindset completely and stop playing so much and I especially have to go no no we've got a drummer now I can yeah. just, like, <laughs> yeah. just relax yeah. yeah I'm really impressed with your social media presence the way you <laughs> seem to go about social media it's it's entertaining it's engaging and you just seem to have such a hands-on approach to social media it doesn't feel like there's a management behind it being like okay hey, now do this do that it seems like you really enjoy doing it um, for example your countdown when your album was released you could have just easily post taken a picture or found a photo online of a six and a five or a four and posted that but you've gone about doing videos like i saw you one the other week and it was like oh we felt bad about hurting the number seven so we're not going to hurt the number six and then james come in the background with the light out a lot thank you so much for appreciating that yeah. <laughs> i genuinely lolled like i laughed out yeah. <laughs> then i had to show it to my girlfriend and she yeah. had to laugh yeah, like nice. but Whose idea was that with the show, social media? Was it a conscious decision or was it more just something that came naturally? I think it's like you said, we really love it. It's like we genuinely, when there's an opportunity to make something, we we love it. Like, And that's it's cool because the the main thing with Winterborn is make the music. And so once we had the album, we were like, well, we've got we to gotta promote it now, which is um, gives us an awesome opportunity to do some other stuff that we love that we're not as good at, but it's still... Um, we're still passionate about and yeah I, I don't, I, I'm so glad that you think it's good because <laughs> it could so easily be we love it but it's big crap yeah we feel that with the show sometimes I'm not too sure yeah. Yeah. we enjoy making it so yeah, exactly. <laughs> well there's a couple of ways to do it right like you can do things like that and just put information out there and like do a press shot with the information in it or you can do a funny video that you laugh at while you do it like we, we would never be one of those bands that just go yeah cool we're doing a gig like here's the info come yeah. along like, mm. Mm. and like with the most like respect it doesn't seem well polished either like it's in a, it's in Thanks, a good man. way yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not like there was like I was, not the, managed <laughs> yes yeah. like through the store is like there was a sponsored piece of you two and you threw a basketball trying to get in the hoop and like yeah. get it get it in I don't know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I like love, it. yeah I remember it's that sort of vibe it's just very real very authentic and I think it does it's very Winterbourne yeah mm. yeah. yeah yeah. I guess like you say it's just we just do things that um, we would like to see for, and no one seems to be doing it so yeah. we, um, we have, and we've got the platform to do it because people have followed us for whatever strange reason um, <laughs> like I say because of the music so then we get this chance to and we're also super passionate about this other stuff like we watch so much stand up comedy and we watch so much film making and, and so just it's just an excuse to kind of dabble experiment and dabble who are your favourite stand ups sorry no um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a long list James um, Acaster have James you watched Acaster. James Acaster he's no. our most recent favourite right mm. 
you know uh, quite a lot we, like we love Monty Python and we, yeah uh, and my favourite show of all time is a show called Only Fools and Horses um, I grew up in the UK so all my comedy stuff is kind of very British and then so is, so is his but he's not from the UK so there's no explanation for that yeah um, it's just the funniest our favourite films of all time are Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz <laughs> um, and Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are like our they're like religion to us it's like everything we do is influenced by them as, as much as musicians um who else? Eddie Izzard. And, and yeah, there's so yeah. many. We just love it. And it's really interesting learning as you watch more and more of stand-up comedy and as you watch more and more film, you start to appreciate how much has gone. And because we've gone through the process with the album and with music in general, you realise how much goes into stuff and the nuances and everything that's that's necessary. And so you start to appreciate those on that side. And then when you try to make little film clips like we do, it makes you appreciate how much you need to have <laughs> become <laughs> good at it first. Yeah. yeah. You're also not just creating film clips and you know social media posts. You created your own artwork for yeah, the album. Yeah, like yeah. That, that's what most people would. Well, I don't know if most people would, but you know, you'd expect an album artwork like that would just be graphic designer. We want this. Let's go. And you guys, I remember when I saw the video, I went, "That is incredible." You actually, went to like a flower market and handpicked moss and the flowers that you wanted for it. Like, yeah, yeah, we we struggle with that idea of outsourcing that kind of stuff it's an album cover like you don't just want to say oh I'm thinking like something like this and then someone makes you a thing and you go yeah that's it and you put it on it seems so unlikely that they would nail it if you ask someone to do that um, and it, like it's fine if we hadn't had that idea of it being covered in flowers we probably would have just tried to find a way of doing that but um, once we had that idea we, we were always just going to try and make it ourselves because it seemed really simple it seemed like the kind of thing that you could just like we were saying well we can just get flowers and put them on the floor like we can do that um and we kind of had to plan it all out and it became way more difficult than that but i was about to ask was it as simple as you first thought i think it was it was it was <laughs> but it was also really really hard but mm. it never got to the point where it was too hard and we were yeah. saying what i didn't realize this was going to be so hard mm. um it kind of we knew it was going to be a lot of work but it was just a lot of work that made sense kind of thing I don't know yeah. we, we knew that if we went to the flower market and bought all the flowers we'd have flowers <laughs> surely <laughs> we can true. put those down and then take a photo surely that's what we can do yeah. um, but we knew that we, we shouldn't underestimate it but yeah mm. it was good it was, we did it was it. kind of where, that, where the, a lot of it started with us doing more stuff ourselves mm. because we, we the album was in like early mix phase when we started the artwork and we knew for some reason I still don't know why we both had an, a colour idea and we couldn't figure out how to make that happen or explain it to anyone um, and it, it the idea we had is now what the album looks like and I don't really remember understanding how that came about um, but I think it's like Jordan said it's like you just make yourself go through the process and then inevitably what comes out at the end has gone through the filter of you and therefore it comes out looking like <laughs> what you wanted it to look like so we get that, which is what we do with music, and so it only made sense that we do it with um, with the artwork. And the big thing was we had Molly, Jordan's girlfriend, Molly Toby, who's a graphic designer, on on our team. What <laughs> a shaka just <laughs> <laughs> um, And so that meant that there was always some professional input that was making keeping us on track and making it all actually physically possible. Because it's one thing to go to the flower market, but it's another to actually set it up in a way where you can take a photo of it and put it out as a as a artwork and print it and yeah. hundreds of times and all that stuff so yeah um 
Now, in terms of your band name, I ask this to every single band we've interviewed. Where did it come from? Where's Winterbourne from? It's, um, the, it's my auntie's surname. Ah. Yeah, and my three little cousins, uh, David, John, and Richard Winterbourne. Has this always been anything, or just no? Just we need a little like a counter in the top row of the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. When I'm we post the video online, awesome. we'll, we'll do a ding. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's legit. <laughs> it's now a thing. Yeah, yeah so glad. <laughs> so it's just a surname. There you go. I thought it might have been something more cryptic, like you're both born in June, the middle of winter, or something. <laughs> That'd like, be like almost too obviously cryptic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I know, and everyone does, and it's kind of disappointing to go. That's just stole it. But I think I think it means it's like a river that's um, dry through the summer and only a river in winter. Ah. I'm sure there's all sorts of meaning. You can read as far into it as you like. That's the beauty of Winterbourne. It's open to interpretation, right? So on that, you should only do your tours in winter. Yeah. Yes. Because it's that's that's why we don't go with that. (laughs) (laughs) All sorts of limits. (laughs) I mean, summer festivals are off limits. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Speaking of touring, you are going overseas uh, as well as a national tour as well uh, yeah. give us a rundown where can people see you where can people find you both in Australia and overseas so uh, I haven't memorised the overseas dates no but venues. it's September yeah. Europe and the UK um, uh, September 17th we start in Hamburg and then do a f- all sorts of dates for the next three weeks um, and then we come back and we've got a week off and then we do Australia in um, October and November so the first date is October 25th in um, Fremantle and then the last date is Sydney on November 16th. And we're playing at the Metro Theatre in Sydney, which is mind-blowing for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we're um, yeah, getting through the tickets. And we, we, we've wanted to play the Metro for literally since we started because it's down the road from Pitt Street Mall where we used to busk. Um, and we've seen so many bands there. And it's just like, the Metro. It's like, <laughs> cool words. <laughs> <laughs> so we're hoping to sell that out and, um, yeah, just, just play a good show there. And, um, yeah. So get online, get tickets to that Sydney uh, gig at the Metro. Yeah, we'll be bugging you about it. <laughs> For sure. Uh, you can also get their uh, debut album, Echo of Youth, available on the website and also streaming as well. And on vinyl. And on vinyl, and on definitely. Vinyl, yeah. Buy that vinyl. Get that physical connection. That's you can right. feel a part of Winterbourne. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you are going to hear the track Echo of Youth now to take you out from this interview. Uh, J&J from Winterbourne, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Thanks a lot. so much. Cheers. Cheers.